When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Empire. The NFT explosion has zoomed out of the starting blocks and the paths it takes, they're endless. If you really want to tr- capture a true fan base, uh, a lot of times you want to kind of extract the you know, the nuances and the difficulties of understanding what blockchain and NFTs really are. That's Jeremy Bourne, founder of NFT Genius, where creativity, incentivization, and collections are open marketplaces. This is the Future Sport Podcast. I'm Bram Weinstein. This topic has been covered here, and we keep going back to the thought leaders in the space because how much is changing so rapidly. NFTs are a broad topic that encompass so much. Sometimes it's hard to know which part of the business models are worth focusing on at any given moment. Our guest this week is Jeremy Bourne. He is the founder of NFT Genius as we delve into the digital sports marketplace and the secondary marketplace in and around sports and digital collectibles. Hey, Jeremy, how are you? I'm great. How are you? Thanks so much for having me on. Yeah, thanks for being here. Uh, tell us a little bit about NFT Genius. Uh, what do you guys do? Yeah, well, you know, for those of uh, you out there that don't know what an NFT is, um, you know, we are in the NFT space, which is basically a digital collectible tied to the blockchain. So, you know, there's been this uh, incredible, um, you know, transition, you know, especially with COVID and everybody being locked in their homes, you know, starting a couple of years ago. Uh, this great acceleration in terms of adoption of digital media um, and people obviously working from home and doing what we're doing right now, which is talking over Zoom. Um, as a function of that, you know, there's been this you know technology that's been driving a lot of this, as we call it, a Web3 economy um, in crypto and blockchain and now NFTs, which are digital collectibles. So NFT Genius is right in the middle of all of that and helping shepherd the next, you know, few million people um, into the crypto and blockchain space vis-a-vis NFTs. And you all are helping create, correct? And then secondarily, you have a secondary marketplace that you've grown as well. Um, why don't we start from the creation process? What are you guys doing and, and who are you working with? Yeah, so we, um, you know, we got in the space a few years back. Uh, I've been in crypto in general since about 2016. A few of my co-founders have been in even earlier than that. And um, we've always just been creating in the space. So whether it's, you know, applications for crypto or crypto traders or putting on podcasts, once we got into the NFT space, uh, also started creating. And the first thing that we really created was a unique project called Bitcoin Origins. And it was really taking NFTs as these digital assets and creating the story or recreating the story and highlighting the most significant moments of Bitcoin's history. So oh. using these artistic NFTs to tell a story. And that's how we really first got in. Tell me a little bit about that. What was the story of that? Yeah, so, you know, there was a 
pseudonymous um, creator called Satoshi Nakamoto that created Bitcoin and, and released a white paper, um, you know, well over 10 years ago um, to a small group and mailing group, uh, mailing list of developers um, talking about a new type of currency that was completely decentralized peer to peer and away from any centralized governing body. So it couldn't be affected by any governments or anything like that. And it was putting the power in the hands of the people and your financial future. So that tended to uh, resonate very, very deeply with some folks. And over time, um, it gained more and more traction and more adoption. Um, and people realized how powerful um, this decentralized currency and peer-to-peer trading network was in Bitcoin. And obviously, it's turned into what it is today, which is a household name. And you know, all the way from massive companies that are investing in it to governments uh, creating Bitcoin as its base currency, um, it's it's really incredible to see. At least you know, since I've been involved since 2016, how it's evolved rapidly and and really, you know, all the podcasts and and everybody who hypothecated in terms of what it could be, yeah, it's actually turning into that exactly um, as people expected. So great to be a part of this ride. And then tell me a little bit about how you were telling that story that became of value. How, how did how did you go about that? Yeah. So, you know, we just decided, you know, generating a, uh, a grouping of cards um, and we wanted to take a line out of, you know, a uh, uh, NFT set called NBA Top Shot. You know, they had yeah. done an incredible job at signifying, you know, specific moments in NBA history, you know, by plays like LeBron James made or James Harden or something like that, right? And we wanted to take that moment concept and encapsulate that within the set of Bitcoin Origin. So, you know, the first moment is the creation of, you know, the white paper. So, you know, there was three different variations of cards and some special inserts and, and we treated it like a trading card set. So, you know, like it was a, a physical card set, but everything oh. was digital. And instead of a pack of cards, you're actually opening a block on the blockchain and there's this really cool animation. And then there's a story that's interwoven throughout it um, and a side story that ended up turning into another set. So, you know, the creation process of this is just like really highlighting a moment and, and using art to tell the story um, and creating a community of people that are really excited about Bitcoin and also hopefully attracting new folks, you know, that had never heard about it before. And I think we did a great job. So that was you know, that was our first set that we ever did. Um, we put it on the Wax blockchain, uh, made several million dollars, attracted the likes of, um, you know, investors like Mark Cuban, who were very excited about seeing people bring storytelling as an element to the NFT space. Yeah. Um, and uh, that was an incredible, you know, first round of investment that we had, you know, followed by Anthony Pompliano and Guy Osiri, um, you know, Roham, the CEO of Dapper Labs, participated in that. So, you know, that really kind of kicked things off for us. And then we just continued creating and building across several blockchains, uh, had multiple successes, and then ultimately landed where we are today, which is, you know, building uh, on Flow and the Flow ecosystem with a deep partnership with Dapper Labs. Um, you've worked with some athletes as well. Bryson DeChambeau, the, the top-ranked golfer, and obviously Shaquille O'Neal, one of the great all-time NBA legends. What are those partnerships like, and what are you building with people like that? Yeah, those partnerships are really great. Um, in essence, you know, people come to NFT Genius and, and Guy Marketplace, um, whether they're you know athletes, musicians, or large IPs, because they want to they want to come into the NFT space and they want to enter in a really thoughtful way. Um, there's a lot of different marketplaces out there, but if you really want to tr- capture a true fan base, um, 
a lot of times you want to kind of extract the, you know, the nuances and the difficulties of understanding what blockchain and NFTs really are, right? So in our partnership with Dapper Labs and being the first ever to use the Dapper wallet, which was the wallet that powered NBA Top Shot, you can pay with a credit card. You can pay with a bank transfer. And it's just really easy. So that's why we've partnered with them um, for this reason specifically, is to allow these brands and to allow other people to come into the space in a really seamless and frictionless way. Um, And for us, that was really, really important. And to create a user experience that is just very, very uh, similar to something you're accustomed to, whether it's an Apple TV or an Amazon or whatever the case may be. We're trying to create experiences that are just easy, frictionless, and allow the masses to come in, purchase NFTs from their favorite brands, athletes, musicians. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Guys, if you're looking for that extra confidence when it's time to have a little bit of fun, let me tell you about bluechew.com. Bluechew is a unique online service. It delivers the same active ingredients as Viagra and Cialis, but it comes in chewable form and it's at a fraction of the cost. Bluetooth tablets will help you combat all forms of ED. Plus, it's an online prescription service. No visits to the doctor's office, no awkward conversations, no waiting in line at the pharmacy, and it ships right to your door in a discreet package. The process is really simple. Sign up at bluechew.com, consult with one of their licensed medical providers, and once you are approved, you'll receive your prescription within days, and the best part, all done online. Bluetooth licensed medical providers are going to work with you to find the right ingredient and the strengths for your personal subscription. Plus, their tablets are made in the United States. They prepare, they ship direct, and it's so much cheaper than going through a pharmacy. And here's a special deal for our listeners. Try Bluetooth free when you use our promo code FUTURE, F-U-T-R, at checkout. Just pay $5 shipping. That's bluechew.com, promo code FUTURE, F-U-T-R, to receive your first month free. And we thank Bluetooth for being a sponsor of this show. Let's talk about the secondary marketplace, which you've referenced a couple times, Gaia. I think my broad question to you is this. There's been a tsunami of these, um, and maybe you were at the forefront of it, but what do you think is going to remain of significant value moving forward to customers and fans? Yeah, I mean, I mean, I think fundamentally how I think about NFTs, and you're, you're talking about just like the value of these things, right? It's really just based on supply and demand. So if there's yeah. the demand for something, yeah. obviously it'll have value. Um, you know, I think scarcity is a huge part in this, and this is why Bitcoin is so valuable, right? There's only 21 million Bitcoin that will ever be, right? And there's way more millionaires in the world than there is Bitcoin. So eventually, obviously, as you know, mass adoption happens, there's going to be more people that want it than there is, and the price will just skyrocket, which we've seen it go from five dollars to you know all the way up to sixty, seventy thousand dollars, now back to you know forty thousand. Uh, the same thing goes kind of with NFTs, right? There's a certain supply. Uh, and if you get those supply and those mechanics right, um, and you attract an audience and you're able to penetrate, you know, a fan base, like, and I go back to NBA Top Shot, it's a great example of the NBA, and you're releasing these cards over time. Um, 
then it creates value because the economic value is also tied to the community. So if the community is expanding, then overall the value of those cards will go up. Now, the beauty is with NFTs and why it's just so transformational comparatively to just a traditional, you know, collectible, like a collectible trading card is because we look at these things like mini supercomputers, right? Um, it's a, it's an, it's something that you can program to do whatever you want. So you can have an NFT that is even tied to, you know, real location-based marketing type of events, right? So if I enter a geolocation, meaning that I go to a, a stadium and I'm going to see a game, in the future, you're going to see NFTs that are tied to your phone that as soon as you break the geofence and it knows that you're in the stadium, it's going to give you opportunities to buy new NFTs that you can only get at that time and place, right? Um, there's NFTs that are going to expand and be able to allow you to do a lot of really interesting things. But, you know, at the end of the day, the value is derived by two things. It's, it's one, the community, how successful the community and how engaged that community is. And two, the, the value that the creators, you know, uh, bring to the equation in terms of what they allow people to get access to or the perks that they give access to and, and the value that they drive over time. Um, let me ask you just about value again. Um, are you at all, and I guess you were at the forefront of this, are you at all surprised by the level of commitment and money that people are willing to spend on these, or did that not come as a surprise to you? I think NFTs are probably one of the most revolutionary things that have happened in a long time, and I, and I make it akin to something like the internet. Um, I think it's that big of a deal and I think people just don't realize it yet. So I don't think, you know, from my perspective, it's the same reason I'm not surprised, you know, when Bitcoin ultimately hits a hundred thousand dollars a coin, it will not surprise me at all because I think such a small subset of people have actually participated in, you know, Bitcoin or NFTs in general that we're only scratching the surface. You know, once the real masses come in to this ecosystem, um, I think the prices, you know, will, will reflect that. Now there is, (laughs) <laughs> something to be said for supply, right? Um, you know, we get to a situation to where when NFTs first started, there was, you know, not enough supply and there was, you know, more demand than there was supply. So the prices just went through the roof and, and got to irrational levels. Then more people came in and then those irrational levels had to reset a little bit. And then you started really seeing, you know, what people wanted and how to have a successful NFT, which is you actually had to have utility, you had to have value. So it really challenged the creators to say, okay, now I can't just put out a, a digital JPEG and, and sell it because yeah. it might not have value. I actually have to have some substance behind it and I have to add some utility. Maybe it's gamification. And it really challenged developers to, to do something more substantial. And I, and I love that. So this is going to continue to happen. There's going to be oversupply. It's going to reset again. And then we're going to have to all figure it out in terms of like what the users want and, and yeah. what collectors you know, deem valuable. What are you seeing right now? What is the desired utility? What, what catches on? There's a, there's a few different things. Um, you know, one of them is just access, right? You see like Board Apes Yacht Club, you see CryptoPunks, you see these clubs, right? There's, you know, 10,000 generative pieces of art that if you hold one of them, you get access to this elite club. And for the first time in history, an average person who got in and, and bought something for a few hundred dollars that now is worth millions of like Board Apes Yacht Club is able to go to these events with like famous stars and celebrities who also own Board Apes Yacht Club, right? So it's it's a completely new mechanism for bridging the gap between the average person and, and like the celebrity style, um, you know, folks that come into the space. 
Um, so it's really interesting to see that. Um, okay. What are you guys working on in the future? What can you share about what, what you guys are, are working on? Yeah, right now we're just really focused on building the world's greatest marketplace, you know, for NFTs, you know, both on primary and secondary. So, you know, we want to and are currently helping some of the world's biggest brands, you know, come into the space in a really thoughtful and effective way. Um, as I'd mentioned before, using the Dapper wallet, partnering with Flow and the, and the Dapper teams over there um, to really help onboard the masses um, and do it in a frictionless way. So we're just really focused on that. Uh, we also have a set Ballers, um, which is a uh, pixelated generative art set of basketball characters that's done extremely well. I think it's just uh, surpassed over $12 million in sales. Um, so we have a very vibrant community there. Um, we've had NBA players and commentators and folks join in and, you know, it's just really begun. So the utility that we will incorporate are things like games and, you know, in real life activities. And that's kind of an extension of your last question of what people want. They want games, right? So play to earn games are huge, um, IRL or in real life activities, right? Where you have access to really specific events and, and special, um, you know, things that people throw. Um, is, is really going to be a part of that utility for us. And then we also have another set, Rebel Rabbits, which is um, this incredible story. And, and the Rebel Rabbit is really um, indicative of, you know, or encapsulating that of, you know, this feeling of decentralization and and really represents, you know, the entirety of the crypto movement. You know, that's a great story, has a comic attached to it, incredible art. And that's its own vibrant community on the Ethereum blockchain as well. So, you know, we'll focus on a few things, just a few independent sets, but primarily, like I said, bringing in, you know, the masses, the next 10, 20 million people we're trying to bring into the NFT space so they can understand it and trade effectively without any friction. It's very cool. Jeremy sure. Board is the founder of NFT Genius. Thank you so much for joining us. Thanks so much for having me. On the next Future Sport Podcast. Tech is helping fans connect to modern high-end sailing. When we started SailCP, we were we were really lucky that we had a white white piece of paper in front of us. We had no legacy contracts, no legacy hardware, no uh, we, we we had our we had the ability to do what we wanted. So we could have said let's let's copy what every other uh, event that uh, common events are doing and, and take huge amounts of equipment. That's Warren Jones, Chief Technology Officer for SailGP, where life on the water is so much more high-tech than you'd ever believe. That will do it for this episode. As always, the future is now. This is the Future Sport Podcast. I'm Bram Weinstein.